Hello, and welcome to yet another episode of the Back to the TARDIS podcast, the podcast where we take a look at every single episode of the 2005 revival of BBC's Doctor Who. I'm Jeff. I'm Skylar. And I'm Apollo. And this week, we are discussing Series 6, Episode 11, Closing Time, by Ansem Seeker of Darkness, and thankfully... There's, I think there's only one more time after this episode where I have to say that. Uh, praise be. Praise be. Uh, this, to my uh, distinct displeasure, features the return of Craig as played by James Corden and also has Cybermen show up for a string of frankly underwhelming appearances until if you're charitable series eight and if you're not charitable series 10 yeah um i will say despite my dislike of craig and my dislike of this episode i will say early on it's actually pretty decent I like the stuff with the baby early on. I think the baby is utilized well early on in the episode. And I think, uh, like, the Doctor's interactions with Craig are pretty decent. I think it's more sort of after that point and the point where they start bringing in the, like, ha-ha, gay jokes that <laughs> it really starts to go downhill for me. Yeah. Um, what... It took me a while to figure out how I felt about this episode after I finished, but I realized, I think at the beginning of the episode, the plot is stronger, or at least the setup for the plot, what it could be, yeah. is stronger, and the characters, t to me at least, are weaker. And then as the episodes go, as the episode goes on, the Craig and Doctor and Alfie interactions get better, but the plot yeah. just nosedives, and that's the yeah. weird thing because at the middle of the episode they're both good and that's what weirds you out <laughs> yeah at least at least for me but yeah i yeah i had a and similar reaction yeah. um and i i like the the setup here that you know amy amy and rory are gone and the doctor knows that he will soon be going to his death so we check back he's just sort of going around and for whatever reason, other than, I guess, this is how it, like, this is where we were last year, uh, he decides to visit Craig again. Um, yeah, I, I think this is really good. I also, like, there's a lot of good interactions early on, like how, uh, uh, the, the, the bit with the, uh, like, shh, the sh the, the shh bit and um some of the uh uh other interactions uh with the baby um especially um where you know he, the doctor just sort of talks to the child as as sort of this impossibly old being to this very young being which i think is is really well handled and i also like that he's deliberately trying to not get involved and then obviously still does anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I think, 
you know, obviously, I, I do agree that it kind of goes down over the episode. I think it, it's still fine in the end. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a lot stronger in the early parts. I think that exchange, particularly between the Doctor and Craig, where the Doctor is like, I need to go die, um, but there's things happening. Nope, I'm ignoring them. I am ignoring them. I am ignoring them. I am not ignoring them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Very yeah, Doctor. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. the Doctor inter like, the Doctor is very doctory in this episode. I, I think yeah. this is a... a it, it's interesting how, you know, sort of in season five, you get a lot of episodes where Eleven is good, but he's not quite Eleven yet. And it's weird yeah. because in this season, like, I, I wouldn't say any of the episodes in the first half really feel Eleven-y. And it feels like they backloaded uh, the episodes. Doctor's Wife. Okay, that's fair. But, you know, I, I feel like there's more episodes in the back half that, that, that feel really distinctly Eleven, even the ones that aren't as good like this one. You know, I, I can yeah. feel a distinct yeah. sense yeah. of elevenness in it. Um, and so I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Uh, definitely the, the, his dialogue is good in this. Yeah. And I really, I have to give shout outs to the part where he's like, he's like uh, to Craig, uh, or or at least when, when sort of Craig is like, yeah, no, it's, you're the doctor. Everything will be all right. Right. And he's like, uh-huh. Yeah. And I, I kind of, I kind of wish there was more of a moment where he does basically straight up say like, no, no, it won't. Don't do that. But unfortunately, yeah. It hits the broad points. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Like there was, you know, on my, my first rewatch recently, um, I think I hadn't, been able to embrace the part of me that was 12 and thought that the Stormageddon bit was the peak of hilarity. Um, it's, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm still a lot more cool on it than I was, but it's, it's a good bit. I'm not going to lie. It's, it's, it, it works. And it, it fits very much with, with 11 and the, the tone of the show so far, I think. Yeah, again, it, it's weird because there's, I think this episode more than any other, weirdly enough, is where I started to notice that like, oh, these flanderization moments of Eleven are just going to get bigger and more pronounced and more pervasive of the episode. And every time there was a moment with Eleven that I didn't like or that I thought was like too, like, too flanderized or too exaggerated of one characteristic, there'd be a scene with... Uh, him and Stormageddon, or him trying to explain to Craig, like, you know, that he's going to die soon, and it's a very understated yeah. moment, or when he's just holding Alfie while Craig has, like, gone to get milk or something. I don't, I don't know why he's out, but, like, stuff like that is just great. And then there's everything else. Again, it's, it's a weird, like, mix of things that I'm just, like, I don't love this episode, I definitely don't hate it, but it's just, like, Okay, that's that's a penultimate episode to a series, I guess. Yeah, and it kind of this season really kind of fizzles out, and we'll especially get into that next week. Like, people make fun of fucking like 
Kingdom Hearts or shit for being confusing or a lot of shit happening and not a lot of it making sense. Nah, next week's episode is what a bunch of shit happening that doesn't really make any cohesive sense looks like. And I'll stand by that. Um... And, and yeah, like, if, if this was before a two-parter, maybe, but it's it's not. Um, but, yeah, we sort of, we, uh, you know, there's the stuff with the doctor in the shop, which at first is very good, and then, like, going over onto the, uh, the elevator to try and find uh, the, the teleport and it being teleport. And then we go into the first part of, I think, just... You know, I, as someone uh, who is an unabashed fan of things like JRPGs, I've I've sort of come to terms with the fact that uh, cringe culture is dead and you should just enjoy things. But <laughs> I feel like the only way I can describe the exchange where the doctor decides that the best course of action uh, to stop Craig from freaking out about the fact that they've teleported onto a Cyberman uh, spaceship is to suddenly come on to him. I find no other way to describe that other than unbearably awfully cringe. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely some... You know, I, I think there's... Actually, no, I think it's pretty fair to describe some of this episode as queerbaiting. Um, yeah, and the worst part is, is that it's written by a gay man. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah, I just it, it just occurred to me, but yeah, I think this this would technically fit the definition for queer baiting. Yeah, um, yeah. Weird vibes, definitely. That that interaction in particular is like you you could have come up with like anything else, and especially because eleven in particular has been shown to be like reticent to, to show any kind of that kind of affection yeah. even in like extreme situations it just yeah. felt like out of character like completely yeah, very out very of character. out of character <laughs> and it, it kind of fits into the whole like i saw a, a twitter post which made a very good point which is that the biggest thing that fucks over a lot of Eleven's era is the weird, uncomfortable horniness that a lot of it has that doesn't really feel like it fits very well. Also, this like, is such a small moment, but when yeah. he's... Well, that moment, first of all, and then when they're in the dressing room and he, like, accidentally, like, sees someone, and then he opens it again and says, I would try that in red if I were you, or yeah. something like that. Just, like... Small things like that. Nowhere near where he and Craig are, or where, like, he'll get with, like, Clara and the insinuations of, like, oh, bullshit God. or whatever. Yeah. The, again, it's starting. The Flanderization is starting. You could argue yeah. it starts before this, but this is the first episode where I was just like, oh, God, this is where we're headed, isn't it? Yeah. And it's, like, the kind of, like, camp funny slightly uh well or or kind of subtextually gay sh humor that it is trying to pull off i feel like to put an example the same day that i was watching closing time i was playing through the wall market section in ff7 remake and i found that to be way better and funnier and that was written by straight people <laughs> 
Rip. Um, uh, oh my god, what was I gonna say? Uh, I just had a, I just had a brain blast, and then it, and then it went away. My goodness. Um, yeah, it's a, oh, I, I remember. Um, you know who could pull this off better? What doctor I think could? 13, because I could believe that she's socially awkward enough that the first thing that would jump to her mind yeah. is skipping all the sensible options and just going to, like, yes, yeah. I love it you, would, or, like, it someone. It would still be very weird, but that might just be because of how uh, incredibly, like, safe and sexless Chibnall era has been comparatively, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But also, like, you know, and it's it's kind of like the elements of, like, ha-ha horny comedy. I feel like, like, or, like, the way that it used sex appeal or something like that was done better in RTD era. Like, Jack as a whole For sure. is an example of that. Yeah, I'm just... It's just weird because it's 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 so I just wanted to bring it up because it's so little that I think to bring up Chibnall era as a positive example, like an unironic yeah. positive example that I think 13 would pull this off better. But in general, it's just yeah. the the trope of like the fake seduction. It it feels like a fan fiction trope. And the saddest yeah. thing, again, this isn't a huge episode, so it's not like super important, but I've seen fan fiction pull off this trope better. So it's just like, okay, gay writer, how are you this bad at this? <laughs> like, like, you know, actually, you know what the exact same writer did that was kind of similar that worked the one time that Donna kissed 10 because it was like, I need a shock. And there was absolutely like no strings attached to any of it. And it was it was just kind of treated as like, all right, fine. That was good. That was handled well. And it didn't feel, like, weirdly uncomfortable or out of character because it was explicitly stated in-universe to be a shock and something that would have made sense in the moment. Um... And, and, then, and then, like, the part... The part where they like he sends Craig to go find information and Craig immediately gets like singled out as like a sex offender or something. It's it's not funny. That, it's just yeah. cringe. Also, like I don't I don't know what flip happened here in in the previous episode. Like Craig wasn't the most charismatic person, but he could talk to people. Yeah. Like I don't know. If they just had that joke to have that moment and you like... could hand wave that maybe he's sleep deprived, but yeah, no, it's it's yeah, it what is I... a flannerization. <laughs> what I do like is that there's um, in that scene he's talking to the woman, one of the two women we see since the beginning of this episode, and for for an episode that basically has no consequence, they do a weirdly like good job of setting up like a background character and a background location of like these people yeah. work here this is part of like their yeah. life it doesn't exactly help that the two people we see killed at this location are black people 
yeah. I'm pretty sure only black people are killed yeah. on screen in yeah, this episode. Yeah, actually. Which, you know what? Considering that the author of this episode is also a Tory, yeah, that checks out. I could be completely wrong in misremembering that, but I'm pretty sure the only people we see die or, like, get taken away on screen are that woman supervisor and yeah. the security guard. So. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Great job. Great job. Okay. I did um, a media analysis. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> yeah. Although you could probably like I, I will I know be <laughs> I will be charitable here and say that they probably were not written to be specifically casted as, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. But then there's the question of who in casting was like, who really fits this role of person who dies and then yeah. pick two yeah. black people, yeah. yeah. Anyways, um. And, and yeah, just the recurring jokes of like, ha ha, the Craig and people think that Craig and the doctor are gay. It's, it's just, it, it doesn't like, I, I can see maybe where it works. Like again, another example, although it is a, although it's like a straight, it's a het example is 10 and Donna. But the thing with Ten and Donna especially is that they were they've interacted far more and they had far, far better chemistry than Matt Smith and fucking James Corden ever had. Yeah. Like it's... they had decent chemistry in the lodger. I don't feel like there are points in this episode where they have good chemistry, and then there's points in this episode where it feels like they have no chemistry. Yeah, that's the weird thing is that they, their interactions get better over the course of the of the episode. And no, it, I'd actually I'd actually say that their their interactions are strongest earlier on. Well, okay, I think I, I think we have a disagreement about that. The only the the gay joke that the episode plays with gets stronger as the episode goes on. But I I don't know that just might be a taste thing. Um. What I, I mean think that's called <laughs> Stockholm Syndrome, Skylar. Hey, look. You don't know my life. Um, what I was going to bring up is that this reminds me of the hot water that Falcon and the Winter Soldier star Anthony Mackie <laughs> got <laughs> himself topical, in yesterday. Topical reference. <laughs> I know. But, like, the whole idea of, like, I, I don't think... I'm going to take what he said in good faith and basically translate it into, like that he finds it weird that people like ship these characters or like want to queer bait with two straight characters in a very like two straight male characters in a very like loving like close intimate yeah. relationship is gay and that that's a problem with the culture because as a society we can't rationalize men having like straight men having a relationship with each other that way mm -hmm. unless no actually they are gay he said it in a way worse way optically, but I'll like yeah. I'll take what he means, you know, I'll, I'll I'll trust him in that he didn't mean that in a shitty way. So I look at an episode like this and I'm just like why did you have to do this? Like yeah. You didn't I I could get if it's a dark story, but like the episode already has Craig. It already has 11. It already has the setting of like, like it this really, store. It, 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 it honestly kind of actually feels like after a point that they're like, 
what do we do with the kid? Uh, two guys running around with a kid. Gay? <laughs> <laughs> Just storyboarded out, question mark, gay? Um... <laughs> Does Eleventh Doctor is gay? <laughs> um, topical reference again. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just the character potential kind of reaches its peak when it, it in the long sequence where Eleven talks to Alfie, um, gets him to stop crying, and then yeah. right after that, where there's the whole like Cybermat thing. And yeah. then, and then the doctor like concludes with telling Craig like how he's how his life is going to end. Like that seems to be the emotional mm -hmm. core of the episode, and that's a mm -hmm. good idea. That's a good moment, but you have to expand around that. <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't really feel like fucking Craig earned that position. Like I honestly, in some cases, depending on who wrote that episode. It could have fit better with someone that the Doctor didn't even know that was a temporary companion for that episode alone. That's how little I feel like Craig earned that. For sure. I mean, there's you could even argue that the emotional core, accidentally or otherwise, is when Amy and Rory almost bump into the Doctor. And, mm -hmm. I don't know, like, their peripheral vision must be fucked, because they should see him, but whatever. Yeah. And, like, yeah. that's a nice moment, and then you turn around and you see, like, Amy Pond, and it's like, Petricor, for the girl who's tired of waiting. waiting. Fuck you, episode, <laughs> that's a great joke. I laughed my ass off. But... <laughs> yeah, no, I thought that that scene is actually pretty good. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie, I like that scene. So it's like, when, when you have... And it's a great moment, but you see that, and you're just like, man, I wish I felt that connection between the Doctor and Craig. You know, and it's just, I don't know. For for some reason, you you could argue that all the same problems with Craig and Eleven are present in The Lodger, but at the same time, I disagree. <laughs> I just yeah, think this no, is worse I, with I their dynamic. I don't like The Lodger, and I am on record for not liking The Lodger, but I will at least admit that I think it is a better episode than this is. And I think that Craig does sort of work in there as much as I am completely immune to the charms of late night television host James Corden. He did I a better job in this same. than in He did a better job in this than in the Friends reunion. I'll uh I'll tell you that. Also much. topical. Holy shit. I know. <laughs> we're we're two for two. Um does is this the first time that the you've redecorated joke? happens in no in new canon oh in new canon i don't uh i think a variant of it showed up in time crash oh yeah that's that's probably true i just i heard that and i was just like okay if the first fucking time this shows up is in here yeah <laughs> like yeah i don't know the doctor who has been running that line into the joke since the 50th anniversary it's happened yeah. so many times but anyways Yeah. Um, and it you know it's honestly like this also kind of starts a trend of the Cybermen just kind of being like they are very ancillary to the actual episode. 
Yeah. Like they're ju- they're just kind of there. I would almost here's again, I don't want to get more into like my own fan fiction bullshit because that's not interesting, but you know, if you're going to use the Cybermen, I'd almost say as terrible as this is, like and we can talk about the ending soon, like don't have Craig come back or mm-hmm. alternatively you could have this thing of like the doctor's noticing these things and have the result be that he's just trying to delay his own death and that what he thinks are all these alien plots are actually just like normal things now you'd have to change a bunch around that but as it is it's just like why do we have a threat of the week here why is it cybermen like it's just yeah we don't really have a good use for the cybermen again like as you said if you're being charitable series eight and if you're not series 10 and i guess arguably some of series 12 like mm-hmm. once but yeah yeah <laughs> yeah no and it's like they they show up they also show up in nightmare and silver and at least they tried there but also the space so the cybermen worked i think they i think they even worked in um the series 2 finale i think they worked there I think they maybe sort of work in series eight, though. Again, the problem is, is that their thunder is stolen and given to the master. And then they really work in series 10 and a little bit with uh, the lone Cybermen in series 12. And they work the most with the Cyberwoman. (laughs) 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 Anyways. Um... But no, like it, it, yeah, and it's it's a really underwhelming episode for the Cybermen, especially considering the resolution, which now we need to move into. <sighs> which is again, I understand the intent and the thematic purpose of having Craig's underlying unconditional love for his child defeat cyber conversion. That being said, it's fucking stupid and actively devalues future appearances. Like, whatever I think, like, what I thought about was how horrifying and and how well-written Bill's cyber conversion was. And how then I also just thought about this and was like, wow, that's fucking stupid. You know, you know, Jeff, just all those people who were converted in Pete's world, they just didn't love their children enough. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah yeah i there's ways you could make this work even easily you could have a line be of like oh you know your equipment is barely functioning and have it be like oh that's why craig can easily overload but they don't even try and even then that would be a bad hand wave yeah it's it's like i understand why they didn't go for it and i don't think even in the dark it like if i was running doctor who and i was making a dark and edgy doctor who i wouldn't even make the choice to kill craig off there in that way that wouldn't that wouldn't work but the way that they handle it like they he shouldn't have even gotten in the machine in the first place but the problem is is that he kind of had to because otherwise there is no stakes and no climax to the episode because the cybermen barely show up except to kill two people of color (laughs) This is the Stormfront Cyberman base. Um, oh my god. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, uh, 
Okay. Ter- ter- <laughs> terrible comment aside. Uh, yeah, it's just... The premise of it is such a non-starter that, like, you, you'd you have to have so many hoops and so many things to set up how this can pay off and still make sense that you're better off coming up with a different conclusion. And that sucks. And I'm not even, I'm not even going to nitpick the fact that Alfie is crying because apparently he knows that his dad is in trouble yeah, well. or... And that fairy tale bullshit. That's what this era of Doctor Who is, baby. Yeah, it's just there's there's so many things that are like not worth commenting on. I, again, I get, I get the point, like the thematic, the emotional point of why this is there. Yeah, I get that. But the point is like, and again, I'll I'll say for the millionth time because this is really the series where it comes up. That if you do stupid shit plot-wise, it can pay off emotionally. But this is just like... This is just the straw that broke the camel's back for me. Or I don't don't know what it is. I'm just... I'm not willing to accept this because Cybermen are such a prevalent part. Yeah. Of, like... And... I don't know. If this was an alien, like, these are the Dementors. Yeah. And they, like, sap you of your, like, happiness or your soul or whatever the fuck until you become one of them... If that was, like, you know, Craig's love was so overpowering that it, like, defeated them, I could be like, okay, yeah. that makes fucking sense. Bit of, bit of a cop-out, but whatever. They're, they're their own thing that was created expressly for this episode, so... Yeah, and the fact that they try to lampshade it and, like, explain it off right after with the Doctor saying, like, well, you defeating it with love is kind of an understatement. What really happens... And then he, like, trails off and is like, okay, fine, you defeated it with love. Like, that's... yeah. I know you think you're clever by, like, acknowledging it, but you can't just acknowledge it if it's that yeah. bad. <laughs> and it's, it's like, I even understand where they're coming from on this, because when you think about a lot of the past New Who Cyberman endings, or at least the, the other big one that shows up and the ones that will continue to appear, it is the idea that what makes us human that the Cybermen delete is explicitly what is used to defeat them. But the way that it is done in the other ones is that it does not, it does not reverse the horrifying things that happen to them. Bill is not unconverted. She's still stuck in that body in a way that is horrific and has some like interesting applicability towards dysphoria. But until her space lesbian girlfriend gets her. Yeah. Yeah. But whatever, shush. I, I don't even mind that ending. Whatever. And and in in um their initial new who appearance, all of those Cybermen die. Those people still died. You can't undo that. You can stop it and defeat them, but it is not a and everything was fine the end. Like, Danny dies in the Series 8 finale after being cyber-converted. Like, yeah, it's it's just... Oh, I just thought of something really evil. What? <laughs> if this episode was with Sophie, like, Craig goes away, Sophie's, like, the main companion, and then, like, he tries to do the thing of, like, oh, you know, maybe these days aren't over yet. Maybe you can help me. And then 
she gets her killed. Yeah, dies or is like somehow like permanently like cyberized. Maybe not kill her. Maybe have it be like so that he has to bring Craig and Sophie and like Alfie to like the future where they wouldn't get like prosecuted by the government for having alien parts in her or yeah. whatever. But like, it have it be tonally so... be a little weird, but yeah, I know. I'm just saying, like thematically, with the whole series of like, it would just sting yeah. that extra more. He's lost Damian Rory for yeah. all intents and purposes. He lost River or who he thought River would be. He has this one shining moment where he thinks, okay, maybe I just need a fresh start, and he completely fucks it up to the point where yeah. like Craig is like, I don't want to ever see you again. Like, my yeah. wife is here. You know, she's, like, permanently screwed over, but, like, we can't do this. Like, go away, piss off, I don't want to see you again. And that's the motivation where he's like, you know what, I've helped, but it's also my time. I've grown too big, this always happens to people. And that would yeah. at least lead naturally into yeah. the next episode as opposed to whatever the fuck the coda to this episode is. Yeah. Yeah, and in general, it feels like if they focused more because there is a running theme there of the Doctor failing throughout this season in a way that I don't think is really represented quite the same way. Like, Ten sort of has that, but he, he manifests it differently. And Twelve's I've Lived Too Long was mainly more based on what happened with Missy and what happened with Bill than a string of failures. If you actually like made that be really the season arc is the, this is the story of him, his ego getting the better of him and him failing over and over again. That would be a very interesting and compelling season. That's not what we got. <sighs> but Jeff, the gay jokes. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. It, yeah, and it, it's like, listen, man. Yeah. Um, the the ending to this episode is stupid as fuck. Yeah. And uh, is the opposite of, you know what it feels like? It's like, in imagine if in Marvel movies the after credit scenes sucked, and you were just like, there's there's like there's no lead up. This this doesn't matter. Why are yeah, you showing this to I me? I don't hate the scene itself, but its placement feels like, you know, to go back to ways this season could have been better and to go back to a frequent pointing out of the Missy framing device in Series 8, if Series 6, after it, like, if they had set it up for at least multiple episodes, maybe after Let's Kill Hitler, where you sort of have... River's song studying the events of the episode that would have been a good framing device instead it just kind of shows up here and also the fact of like what how like who the fuck interviewed these people and why the hell would they remember this random person they saw when they were kids yeah like that... it's 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 a th it's a thing that also rears its heads, its head with Chibnall, but sort of Moffat did this too, especially with Eleven, where it vastly overstates the importance of the Doctor. Like, yeah, if you were actually involved in an episode's events, 
yeah, you wouldn't forget that. If you were just some random kid who had no idea what was going on, you're not going to remember that guy. I barely remember what the fuck happened when I was a kid, and I'm not even 20. <laughs> yeah, and also, I just realized this today, and it's a shame, but... So, so the river they get to be the impossible astronaut is a woman who has firmly embraced the river song identity, has just gotten her doctorate, and is basically, like, just researching the doctor, probably trying to find him again, I would assume. Mm -hmm. That seems to be logical. So, great. Setup. But then, Kavarian comes in, and she doesn't remember her. And she doesn't... Kavarian doesn't give her, like, a code phrase that reactivates the psycho within her, which would already be problematic, but, like, whatever, let's, you know, fuck off with that idea, because that doesn't even happen. They just have the silence and some church members come in to kidnap her and put her in the suit to force her to do this. And at this point, I'm like, what's the point of, yeah. quote-unquote, breeding a perfect psychopath that is a time lord or that can regenerate, whatever, fuck you, um... What is the point of doing that if at the end you could just put any random-ass person in there, put them at that fixed point in time, and point yeah. at them and say, go? No part of this arc makes any sense. It is entirely style over substance. Like, it is, I swear, it is literally Moffat going, hey, this is a cool scene, and then writing everything to support that scene even if it doesn't make sense. And just, um, and, and the inclusion, they, they sing it like three fucking times of this, of the sing that song. nursery rhyme. Gah. Yeah. Like I was willing to accept the framing in Night Terrors because it actually makes sense there. That's like a creepy lullaby. Like, sure. For a child, like that can be scary. I get that. But here of all fucking places. And then, like, Kavarian, like, bless that actress. She's trying. I don't hate you. But just <laughs> the way she's, like, trying to sing it and make it sound so deadly. And I'm just like, this is a fucking joke. This is, this is, I don't know. I don't know what it is. But it's not, like, exciting. It doesn't set up anything interesting. When we yeah. see River in that astronaut suit, we're just, we're not like, oh, it's all coming together. Whoa. Like, no. <laughs> it's... <laughs> You just put the pieces in place. You went from, like, A to Z and said, isn't it exciting? We showed you that Z happens. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I could rant about this, but it's just, like, th this this Craig episode is okay. It is mediocre. It is acceptable. But then this ending is just, like, why even have this here? Why, why sidetrack us with information that doesn't fucking matter? You know? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I guess any anything else before we move on to ratings? Yep. Alright. Yeah, it's just... There was maybe some potential here, however... I think Cyberman episode and Craig revisit shouldn't have mixed. I think a lot of the writing and jokes is painfully unfunny and the episode gets actively worse as you watch it, continuing on to a completely baffling ending. 
Um, I honestly, if this episode was just a relatively low-key slice of life that didn't even have the Cybermen involved, I think I'd be a lot more favorable to it. I think something as big as the Cybermen maybe deserves a little bit more serious of an episode. Uh, and it really just kind of badly leads into the shit fest that's going to be uh, the next episode. Yeah. Um, it, d C. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to when we don't have to talk about fucking Craig anymore. Yeah, um, this episode's here. <laughs> um, it, when it's on, it's pretty solid. Um, as I mentioned, there's like a core, there's a core few scenes that I would imagine are like, when I'm thinking of an episode or an interesting concept, I could see these few scenes and be like, okay, this is the good shit. But then when you, when you think of the good shit, you have to construct how to get there. And, and unfortunately, the rest of the episode in regards to that just kind of isn't there it's either just you know functional or very subpar and that's not even bringing in the dated humor um mm. uh it, yeah it's just it's a weird penultimate episode and i don't think they did what they needed to to have craig or the cybermen really play authentically into 11's arc or the arc of the series except for, like, maybe two scenes. And that just isn't enough to justify me thinking this episode is good. Um, this is a solid C, uh, Craig out of ten. <laughs> Craig out of Craig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, the episode's fine. It's just really fine. I think it, it's as fine as The Lodger was. I don't think it's any better or worse. I think it's a little disjointed uh, with its inclusion of the Cyberman plot. I think some of the interactions later on are kind of weird and awkward, um, but there's also just a lot of pretty all right stuff um, between the Doctor and Craig. I think the Doctor is pretty good. I think Craig is fine. I don't have any great animosity for Craig. I think he's fine. Um, you know, I do think the Cybermen were a little bit wasted, but I, it didn't really bother me that much. So I would say like 6.75 out of 10. All right. Well, uh, next week, we will not be covering the Husbands of River Song. Instead, uh, I'm go I'm here to talk. You to mean the you wedding about... of River Song? Oh, whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> too many. Too many fucking same time. Too much episode. River Song. Fuck. Yeah. Even though I actually really like Husbands as an episode, but whatever. Um. Yeah. No. Uh. So. Uh. We had been planning on doing bonus episodes for a while, but we realized that trying to find a time to do an additional recording session wasn't working out for us. So we're going to be moving on to a new schedule where uh, three weeks, assuming with the assumption of a four week month. So three weeks are going to be out of that month are going to be us talking about normal doctor who episodes, the usual, um, the last week in that month, which will probably have a slightly delayed release 
um, will be us talking about that will be our bonus episode and we will talk about whatever personal piece of expanded universe materia material we feel like looking at this time um, so what we will be talking about this time is uh, the seventh doctor story the curse of Fenric because I realized it had um, a lot of similarities actually uh, to the God complex um, in in terms of uh, themes and uh, story elements. So that's what we'll be talking about next time. Um, until then, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at B2TardisPod. You can support us on Patreon for a number of benefits, like early access to episodes, such as next week's episode, um, the ability to listen in live to episodes being recorded, and potentially even the ability to guest star on an episode of your choosing. I'm Jeff. You can follow me on Twitter at WheatleyDL. I am Stormageddon, Minarchist of Darkness. You can follow me on Twitter at SkyHigh9 underscore 5. Uh, I'm Apollo. You can find me at Nomadoclastic on Twitter.com. And this, and uh, we will see you all next week. 